It's a grizzly. Should we get out of here? No. We're gonna watch and listen. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of Rolling the Bones Around the Cage. What's going on, Val? Hey, Chris. Wonderful day. 72 degrees here in sunny Detroit, Michigan. Yeah. Broadcasting from Northern Kentucky. Hello, Sean, Gary. Hello, Bobby. Yance. Hello there, Sharon. How you doing there? How's everybody doing today? Gary, don't forget Denise. Hope everybody's having a great weekend. What's left of it? Yeah. So don't forget, we got Irene from Japan. H.S. Rice. Hello, Eric and Roger. Yeah, everybody's starting to stack in on us. So I hope everybody's having a good one there. Welcome, Luna. So what we got going on for today? Well, we got uh, we got my friend uh, Walt Cronk stepping in here for a bit, sharing with us what's going on in his part of the state. He's uh, Western uh, Michigan, and um, we're going to um, to chat with him, see what's going on in his part of the state, and uh, the usual good time chit chat. Uh, we're going to have lots of fun as we usually do so everybody oh, we always tuned. have fun everybody stay tuned oh we always have fun don't we right we do. as long as long as we're not in the ditch mm. i'm happy <laughs> yeah i but still yeah. like to look uh grizz i still like to look at that picture you had last week that you were showing I, I yeah to absolutely that, yeah to put that on the um on the uh microsoft word uh, magnify it and stuff like that and so as we were talking off stage, um, I've been very, very busy today, actually last week. Um, my heart, my passion is, 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 uh, helping people. And I, um, was, was out early today, passing out free backpacks for underprivileged kids to go to school with. And, uh, no, no. I'll, I'll soon be getting involved with, um, uh, mentoring um, young school-age kids and giving them a male presence uh, in the school and stuff. So uh, community development and community responsibility is is my heart, my passion. And um, that's what I've always been involved with, volunteering. And um, least, and, and let us not forget this, I have to always say God bless the, the American vets. That's right. You, you've got to right. remember them, people, men and women. That's right. And we want to make sure and welcome everybody to the show. And with that, let's welcome Walter to the show, too. Hello there, Walter. Welcome to the show. Introduce yourself. Hi, Chris. Hello, Hello there. Al. Hi, Walt. My name is Walter Crock. I'm a moderator on uh, Vale site and a couple of others. Uh, but uh, my story starts back in... Uh, 2010 when i had my first sighting and it was basically uh 
drive-by sighting. I was going one way down the road, and Bigfoot was walking on the other side of the road up the ditch, probably about 50 feet from me. And uh, it was a brief sighting, but it was important. <laughs> it was very important because you'd be surprised if you keep your eyes peeled how much information that you get out of a out of just one small incident. And since that day, I have pieced apart and pieced apart and pieced apart that incident, sliced it, diced it any way you can look at it, and, you know, just uh, doesn't come up any other way. This was not a guy in a suit or anything like that. I was very close, very close to this animal. And uh, it shocked me. It was within a couple months, somebody uh, had given me some advice to check out Val's site. And when I found out he was going to be at a... Uh, a little Bigfoot outing just south of me down in Delagiac, or down at Sister Lakes. I went ahead and uh, thought probably the best place I could report that would be to him. You know, I mean, realistically, somebody that's keeping statistical records of sightings, reports, incidences, whatever it is, is the best place for that information to go. Because honestly, what it boiled down to is to give it to anybody else would have been probably useless. You know, uh, they want to turn it into a story or a, a, a few clicks or something like that. I thought, no, nah, I want to give it to the guy who's going to keep statistics and keep this report on file. And so, because people really need to know the importance of this and what is really running around out there in the woods. Uh, when I had my sighting, it was a place I hadn't been back to in years. And it wasn't, and nobody knew I was going on that day down this road. There's nobody knew I was going down this road on that day. And it was a route uh, I hadn't taken in many, many years, probably over a decade. And that's where my sighting happened. It was in Shiawassee County, not far from the Rose Lake Research Center. Wow. So uh, for those that are new on the, uh, on the, on the past podcast show here, um, it's, you also work for the government. Is that correct? Yeah, I work for the Department of Corrections. I'm a former corrections officer, retired mm -hmm. now. Mm -hmm. Yep. I worked That's in, uh, yeah, I worked for uh, uh, the Michigan Department of Corrections and uh, for 20 years. Uh, the last 10 years, I was on the uh, tactical team. They called it the emergency response team. We cleaned up problems. Mm -hmm. um, anything that happened, we were generally the ones to clean it up. Uh, and I also spent the last two and a half years with the Department of Corrections, uh, opening, helping them open their two psych wards at the prison facility that I worked at. Uh, that was very interesting work, but it was a very busy, busy and violent work. Uh, so, so you're a stickler they, for reports and, and what you absolutely. see, and your observations and stuff. Reports and, and accuracy. I've had too many stuff. Early on in my career, I got a few uh, embarrassments having some reports kicked back at me and things like that. But I got, you just get good at it. You have to be because if you don't do it right the first time, you're going to do it the second time, the third time, until you get it right or get fired. That's all there is to it. If you can't write a report, you know, how are you going to keep the peace somewhere without being able to tell somebody and put clearly on paper what has happened and what was done about it? You know, it's, it's detail is very, very important. Very, very important. Like I said, I was on the ERT team the last 10 years. A lot of what we did, uh, matter of fact, one of our main jobs was basically if somebody escaped, we go get them. We were the ground forces. It was always a very small team. 
We were very, very well trained. Um, they threw a lot of money at, at us, but if a, a problem jumped off, whether it was inside the facility or something to do with an escape outside the facility, we were always called up. Uh, the ERT teams for the Department of Correction were all rolled into the Department or uh, Homeland Defense uh, due to the readiness and the uh, equipment capabilities they, they they had. They, you know, we aren't equipped like say maybe an FBI ERT team, but we're very we were very well equipped, very well trained. And uh, we were, you'll find a lot of, a lot of these teams are very self-correcting. It was a totally volunteer. Nobody made me join. When I got in with the state, I took all the training I possibly could. Anything they could throw at me. If I could get it, that's free training. That's worthwhile. Uh, whether it's leadership training, the ERT training, and they threw a lot of money into the ERT training because the thing of it is the Department of Corrections needed to be able to clean up its own messes. And so they started that program uh, many decades ago. And actually, I believe it was uh, copied after Georgia. And uh, it, was, it was a big success since then. That's interesting. And, um, you know, when you're talking about the state and stuff, I remember as a military police investigator, uh, I was also on their uh, AWOL apprehension team, which they would give you warrants for yep. um, absconders throughout Michigan and Ohio, give you a time, give you an SUV vehicle, and uh, tell you to go get them. Here's your warrants. Go get them. Bring them back. And um, I remember bringing in four people in shackles, bringing them, walking them into McDonald's because they have to go to the bathroom and we want to get them some hamburgers and get them something to eat before we get them back to the post and stuff. But, you know, all in all, you know, things work out. And um, that's dangerous work on the street, Dale. It, it, a lot it, more variables on the street. Grizz knows that. Uh, I worked, you, you guys probably know, I worked undercover state mm -hmm. police and as well as uh, a three letter uh, government alphabet. And that was in uh, Michigan, wasn't it, Walter, where you were? Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. Okay. So my ass. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So your encounter was was a, was what I would classify in what I do as a motorist. You were a motorist. Yes. You, you were in a vehicle. Yes. You, you seen the uh, Sasquatch. Um. So we would consider that a motorist sighting, uh, adding to the hundreds of thousands of others, you know, that, that, that have been reported from vehicles and stuff. And, and I don't think a lot of people realize that motorists, just their eyes, they're in a car, they're very, very mobile, and they have the opportunity to see stuff that they normally wouldn't see because they're mobile. Yep. And uh, it's very interesting that you had that sighting. And and, and I recall uh, speaking to you and I guess it was Cass County or something. It was, yeah, um, down at Sister, uh, Sister Lakes Brewery. Yes, yes. Yep. And by the way, did you see me drinking anything down there? <laughs> I don't recall seeing nah, you drinking anything. No, I don't know. No, no. <laughs> I, I'm, a, I'm a good boy. Anyway, I'm a good boy. I was pretty wide-eyed because you got to remember, I was new to all this. Mm -hmm. Not that I didn't believe in the existence of them, but I never thought, hey, you know, 10 miles from my home, my old hometown, 
you know, mm -hmm. I'd be bumping across one doing a drive by wave at them. You know, I just never thought that would happen. You know, you think you'd have to go to the, uh, you know, the dark depths of the forest up north or into Canada or Alaska or wherever, you know, to bump into something like this. Mm -hmm. But the more I've learned, especially since being on your site, and I couldn't believe how many sightings were in Michigan and how far back it goes and how close they are to me. The whole thing about the uh, uh, the monster down there in Dowagiac at Sister Lakes, I never knew. I'm from the state of Michigan, and I had never heard about that. Mm -hmm. You know, I was only, what, three years old when it happened. But, uh, I, you know, it's just stuff that doesn't come up unless you're mm -hmm. uh, in the area. So you might have stories from that area. Then you might not make it all the way to Lansing, you know. People mm -hmm. just don't hear about it back then. Now communication is a lot more open. You have Facebook. You have so many uh, media venues, you mm -hmm. know, uh, to, to play stuff on, to, to interact with other people and share stories. Uh, that it's, it's, it's really blown the whole thing wide open. Mm -hmm. You know, one of the, one of the most interesting, uh, accounts that I've ever encountered, um, uh, doing what I do, uh, it takes place, I want to say Benzie County or Nuego or maybe even Clare County, but this is a very old account and, uh, basically Basically, uh, it it tells the news article tells of a wild man. We know what the wild man is. I mean, you know, hairy, uh, tall, uh, beastly looking individual. But this thing, uh, ac according to the news accounts, um, it claimed that this thing was taunting the women that it was terrifying. And it was so bad that the police had to put um, uh, police officers on duty back in the 19, I don't know. I don't know when it was. I can't remember now. 1920s, maybe 1930s. But picture in your, mi in your mind's eye, 1920, 1930, you know, <clears throat> the police department, you know, in this little towny, tiny town, uh, putting the police, police officers undercover to keep an eye on this house because it's terrorizing people, especially homes with uh, single women, with yeah. women alone at night. And yeah. uh, according to these accounts, the uh, the uh, individual was taunting these women, laughing at them, you know, knowing that the women were terrified, screaming, um, and and. It, you know, it almost appears it's been a while since I've read this. It almost it almost uh, seems like like I remember uh, the news account saying that this thing was talking to the women inside the door like a man would do, like like you would like a like a psychotic person would taunting somebody. Oh, you know, you, you know, just tit tat tit for tat. So the police officer, the, the police chief in this little town in the 1920s uh, would tell his officers to turn your jackets inside out, take the brass buttons off your off your coats. If you can picture that, you know, police officers with blue coats with brass buttons, take your buttons off that coat. So this this uh, Sasquatch, this Bigfoot wouldn't recognize them as as being police because you got guns and you got orders to shoot that shoot it and kill. If you see it, if you encounter it, so um, I'm not for sure how that was resolved or or 
if if it was ever uh, um, resolved officially, uh, I just didn't. I just couldn't find anything else to link that together. But I thought it was very interesting, and it's it, it's about the only one that I've seen like that 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 uh, actually said that this thing was talking, or the or the uh, victim thought it was talking to them but for sure they knew it was laughing at them, like it was ridiculing them, you know, teasing them and stuff. So yeah. uh, that's very interesting. So what's going on, uh, and don't give your private uh, location or anything, but what's going on in the Western part of the state? Have, uh, I know you got a nice piece of property, beautiful, beautiful. A um, lot of wildlife, a lot of water, a lot of, a lot of resource and stuff. Um, so what have you had going on around your property lately? Well, well, not a whole lot. Meteorologically speaking, this part of the state right here has been a pretty sweet spot. Even through all the storms the other night that were so bad, we got a couple drops of rain and a little wind. There just wasn't much went on. So the area, probably five to eight miles to the north and most everything to the south, really got off easy, the, the, the storm passed over. But the one thing I've noticed is, is uh, environmentally, there's been some changes. A lot of hummingbirds. I can't hardly pick a tomato in the garden without one going through one ear and out the other. It's just a super increase. I actually had to put two more feeders out there because the hummingbirds are so thick. You know, you've got fires up north in Canada. You've got the super heat down there in the south and the southwest, and you got, you know, those chemical spills down in Ohio. You got a lot of stuff going on in the world right now. And that was the one thing I noticed, and I actually talked to somebody else, is they noticed that too, is just, you know, just a lot of hummingbirds. Mm -hmm. And we're feeding them. So I had to double my feeders, double the amount of hummingbird food I get, and just to feed these guys, because I, it's like I, we don't know where they came from, but we got to feed them. They're here, you know. But I think. I think I told you, talked to you about a month ago and said, I predict that this year is going to be, you're going to have some real strange reports from this corner of the, the state because this corner of the state, in a lot of ways, we had that dry spell through June and just into July, just first few days of July. Then we finally started getting the regular rain. Everything normalized out here. I mean, the corn's going good and most everything's doing really good crop wise. The early berries and stuff like that got hit pretty hard. So that can change. Uh, uh, different food sources, things like that can, you know, have a huge effect on patterns of, you know, different animals and uh, where they're going to travel to and things like that. Here, particularly, I haven't had too much going on um, mm -hmm. just until the last couple of weeks when mm -hmm. I found that tree back there and then smelled the stink like something was dead. Mm -hmm. uh, there's been a few little things, but, you know, moved around out back that I can tell are suspicious. I just can't confirm it with the exception of one small structure, which I do not have a picture of on this phone. Mm -hmm. uh, it was just a little rest leaning up against the tree structure kind of thing. It was absolutely physically impossible for these two branches to come down in this position and lean up against the tree without, you know, the, the bigger one driving the littler one into the ground. It's just weird. It's like, this doesn't even belong here. But mm -hmm. that was it. Haven't had much activity at all. A lot of shifting with the deer activity here. We had good acorns come in, so the deer are eating really good. Corns mm -hmm. coming in good. The the game animals seem to be eating good now. Mm -hmm. Everything's doing good. But as far as the activity, I just haven't had anything up until the three weeks ago when I had that go on with the tree out back. Mm 
-hmm. why it's quiet, or maybe they're just uh, not in the, the, the general area where I would be noticing them, hearing them, you know, a lot or anything like that. They might move around. Uh, and there's really no reason for them to even come up around the house. Most of my fruit trees really didn't do that well because mm -hmm. of the dry spell in June. They need a good early start, fruit trees do. Mm -hmm. They need a better early start than what we got in June. Uh, so I think I spent most of June about three hours a day irrigating since we have a greenhouse, three gardens, uh, the fruit, you know, fruit trees in various areas, things like that, plus a few other extracurricular horticulture activities going on. I'm always doing something, trying to think of something, you know, where can I put a tree? Where can I pull this tree and put this one and make it better? Things of that nature. So I'm working out here all the time. I am outside all the time. And usually by Mother's Day, I've got three sunburns under my belt. You know? mm -hmm. So I hear, see, smell everything. Something unusual is happening. You really feel it. You know, the animals mm -hmm. just act different. Everything acts different. And everything's been pretty darn normal in this neck of the woods. Can't say, that, you know, what's going on in other areas or close by, you know. Mm -hmm. But here, it's been quiet, and I'm happy with that. Because to tell you the truth, they can go down the road and bug the neighbors as far as I'm concerned. Mm -hmm. They don't need to be bugging around here. It's not that now, I yeah, dislike ahead, it or anything, mm -hmm. but it's like having large, dangerous animals around. You mm -hmm. just really want to know what they're up to. You want to know mm -hmm. if they, if their food source is on smack dab in the middle of your property, if you're going to be stumbling across it. You know, picking blueberries with grizzly bears is probably a lot of fun. But at some point in time, something bad is really going to happen. Mm -hmm. you know? Well, uh, this well, is uh, August, yeah. end of August. We've got yep. uh, most, of the, most of the vegetable crop are in. Um, yep. uh, you got water source. You've got mm -hmm. you've got uh, trees, a plenty. Yep, a lot of old uh, world trees. Everything is there. Mm -hmm. My guess is, my guess is, uh, if you're going to see something, if you're going to experience something around your neck of the woods, it's going to be now, uh, yep. coming into coming into September, September, yeah, October, November. Later. Hunting, hunting season, you stir the deer up. They're on the move for for uh, for rut season, yep. anyways. But uh, Sasquatch, Bigfoot know that also, and yes, they do. they're in. They're competing for resources and food, mm -hmm. just like we are. They're stashing for winter. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you don't mind, I'd like to explain the physical situation here where our house is. We have 11 acres. we got about 2,000 feet of river frontage. I live next door to a cemetery. Less than a half mile in the back is a huge power line that goes east-west. Less than 200 or about 300 yards uh, west of me is another huge power line that goes north-south. So basically, I'm in the middle of a kind of a super highway here. You know, if uh, Bigfoot were automobiles, I'd probably want to put a gas station right here. Because mm -hmm. this is coyotes, everything moves around in this area a lot. And there's a lot of good, fast ways to get from point A to point B and cover a lot of ground, especially at night. Nobody's out there. Anybody, you know, there really is when you get out in the deep, thick stuff, most people don't realize if you're looking around for big footprints and stuff like that, the first thing you've got to do is look at places you don't want to go. That's probably the places you should go to look for evidence because that's exactly where they're going to do. If they want to sit out a day, and cool off, they're going to sit someplace where you're not going to want to go. 
And that could be just about any place because there's a lot of places that most people just don't want to go wandering into, you know. Uh, you know, the thick, the, the thick thorny stuff, perfect place. Deer use it all the time. They know that they know the value of uh, Greenbrier, especially the big thick walls of Greenbrier. They'll stay right behind there, lay down, and let you walk right by them. You know, they know that. You know, Sasquatch definitely does. You said some important things there. And uh, Grizz, I, I'm not for sure, if, Walt, I'm not for sure if you've seen my database, but a lot of these data sets are these places that you named. Mm -hmm. The power lines, the cemeteries, yep. the rivers, the uh, tree lines, um, plus the gardens, yep. the, the apple orchards. and This is the middle of blueberry trees. country here. Mm -hmm. This is smack dab in the middle of blueberry country. I bought blueberries this year. Look at the bottom. They probably came from within a few miles from me. Mm -hmm. so, you know, and there's a lot of other fruit going on too, but they really they really like plums. They'll go out of their way to steal my to steal plums. Because they got they hit me in 2015 when I had my best plum tree come in. I went out there with my little Gatorade and my little lawn chair. I was gonna sit under that tree and eat plums. There was two left hanging on the tree and one on the ground. Now, mind you, this was all the way picked up at the 10, 10, 10 and a half foot level. That wasn't deer or raccoons. There was no branches broken. They were just plucked clean as could be and gone. I was really upset about that. So, because I like plums. Uh, just before just before we get started any, any longer here, I just want to say one thing here, make an announcement. If anybody would like to come on the show, if they have an uh, encounter or sighting, that they want to share with us. Uh, you can send me or Grizz a, a personal message. Uh, if there's somebody that you'd like me to interview, uh, also send that along in a, a personal message with the contact information. I'd be happy to chit chat with people, bring them on. But you got to understand a lot of people do not want to come on podcasts. They don't want to, they don't want to, to show their face or whatever, the, whatever the issue is. I don't, I don't understand it. But um, uh, they're more than welcome to come on, and if and if they want to share an experience or an encounter, uh, let us know, and um, we'll get them on. So I you see have a comment. This... Can I comment on somebody's comment here? Yeah, um, absolutely. Ian Hudson said they will rearrange trees so they can sit and watch you as well. True, they do that. Yeah. Not only rearrange trees, but they use trees for traps. They also use trees to stop alarm systems. If you've ever walked down a river and you got a log in the river where one end goes in the water and one comes out, generally it'll load up with turtles, right? Mm -hmm. The problem with that is you can't get around them or all those turtles bail off and make a racket. It's like an alarm system. Mm -hmm. I had the same thing on my property. I had one particular log. That would load up four or five, sometimes six turtles at a time. And as soon as they caught wind of you coming around, they all bailed off. Sounded like somebody throwing uh, softball-sized rocks into the into the river. And it just made a racket. Everything around for hundreds of yards knew something was moving around down there. They will take a log and put one end on the land and one end towards the base of the log to keep the turtles from crawling up there. Basically, they've turned off the alarm system. If the turtle can't crawl up there to sun himself, mm -hmm. they can't jump off the log and make a racket when you walk by. I a, natu a, a natural alarm system. 
a very natural line. I liked it there because I knew when I would go down there to fish, if anything was moving around, and those turtles bailed off there, I knew something was creeping around out there. Well, they could mm -hmm. shut that off, but I left it. It's like, okay, they want it off, they can leave it off. Mm -hmm. well, That's interesting. Yeah, it's very interesting. I discovered this two years ago. I kind of kept it to myself for the simple fact that how do you explain something like this? Mm -hmm. How do you really explain something like this without it happening in front of you or seeing it? It's very, very, very hard to do. Uh, but they use trees a lot for a lot of different stuff. But trees are part of their language. They know trees probably an, an, arbor, an arborist would give their left arm to know what they know about trees. Mm -hmm. I guarantee you. They know what trees they're pulling out. They know what they do. Just like sitting in the power lines. They sit on the south side of a power line. Get up in the trees there you can see every berry bush and every fruit tree up and down that power line for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of yards and watch our markers if you find those big x markers there's always going to be a point where you can see that marker from a very very mm -hmm. long distance that's a check-in point they mm -hmm. can see that marker they know that they really do that stuff I, the more you look the more you see I'm just trying to read the comments down here too i'm not used to doing podcasts so I'm yeah to read uh, at the same time Crystal was saying people don't want to come in, come on because they don't want uh, they don't want people to stop talking to them or make fun of them. Make fun of them. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm not for sure. I'm not for sure. If, now we can if, hide their faces yeah. and change their names. Yeah. So yeah, uh, don't, don't we have a way of uh, changing our voice too? I can. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> there you go. I can change uh, it in several different ways. Mm -hmm. Or however you want to sound like, I can do a couple of things. <laughs> yeah, they got little plug-in microphones you can do that with. Yeah. yeah. So we uh, we got sound boards here. I can change my voice and, and make it deeper uh, or make it higher pitch. But... Um, yeah, but yeah, you, you don't have to show your face. See, I mean, we can, I can, you can hit a button and you can put a fake picture up. You could leave it blank. You can do whatever you want. You don't even have to use your name or anything. So, yeah. There's ways yeah, around that's, it. That, that's pretty friendly. Yeah, I, I try to work with people. people. Yeah. Now we got her laughing. All right. <laughs> That's that's pretty people. <laughs> it is hard to deal with though, you know. People people put up a lot of ridicule. You know, when I, I was in for the prison, we used to train outside a lot because we were training, we trained to track down people. That's what we did. Physically go out, hit the dirt, and track down people and stay on them like a pack of coyotes on a wounded rabbit. That's how we hunted. We hunted them. When they escaped, we hunted them because we had to get them to get them back in. Anybody desperate enough to escape from prison. Prison is desperate enough to do some harm to somebody. You know, you have to assume that kind of stuff. So tracking was part of our training, too. That's something I practice almost on a daily basis. I try to spend at least 30 minutes, go out, find a target animal, and track it as far as I can. It's just a way of staying in practice. I used to like working out at night, working with gun handling in the dark, you know, mm -hmm. walking up and down the trail, learning how to transition from one weapon to another, knowing where everything's at. You know, just basically moving because I've had a lot of problems with trespassers and poachers. I got to keep my skill level up. My skill level stays on top. Basically, I haven't had problems in a long time now because of that. Um, I found that by the time generally you call law enforcement, 
they're gone before you know anybody gets there. You know, mm -hmm. it doesn't do too much, but if you can directly affect the situation and get them out of there and keep them out of there, everybody's happy. I'm happy. Mm -hmm. Yep. I, I seen a, com a comment on here by Old Bear, Old Den's Bear, or Old Bear's Den. Uh huh. I really, I don't know if you've ever heard this guy, Walt, but I really, I really, is, like, yeah. I really yeah. like this guy. And yeah. uh, we had him on, Grizz and I had him on, uh, I don't know, several weeks ago, but I'd like to get him on again, chit chat with him. I read some information from a blogger, a Bigfoot blogger, uh, Darren, and um, uh, I like Darren too. I'd like to get, get a hold of Darren if if he's available and he was on he was on the internet for several years one of the best bloggers i've ever read i really enjoyed the guy but he had some terrific interviews on the on the internet and um one of the one of the interviews he had reminded me of old bear are you listening old bear <laughs> i wondered if it was you that he interviewed and um uh he was Darren was very poignant, right to the point, and so was Old Bear, or the person that took the name uh, Bear Hunter. Mm -hmm. And um, so I would like to, I would like to get another crack at Old Bear uh, sometime. I really enjoyed chit-chatting with him. Just a good, down-home, uh, knowledgeable individual, you know, from from West Virginia, if I'm not mistaken in that area is that right Grizz? isn't old bear from west virginia if you would have not asked me i would have told you uh, uh uh so yeah just a terrific terrific uh gentleman i enjoyed chit-chatting with him but uh we're gonna look and see if we can't get that gentleman back here again soon he's a good guy a lot of a lot of experience a lot of knowledge a lot of information that he's got and I, yep. and I suspect that we've only, we've only cracked the surface with him. There's a lot of in, information there to be had and shared and stuff. <clears throat> so I, I don't know, are we going out to Australia and, and there's people all over, right? Chris? And this, uh, uh, yeah. No, uh, we picked up another station. We're on the spooky network. Uh, and you okay? Oh, really? we, yes, we are in uh, China. We're in Korea, Thailand. <laughs> Uh, Japan, uh, Korea, uh, UK, Scotland, Ireland. Uh, yes, we are worldwide right now. I mean, worldwide. Yes, worldwide. Yes. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, we want to do the very best we can when, we're, when we do these shows here. And um, the more people we can get on here and chit-chat with, Grizzly and Val, anytime this old mountaineer West Virginia hillbilly can can help. Just ask. I love it. Thank you, brother. <laughs> I got it. We got it. Um, yeah, yeah. These guys, these guys are pretty special. Yeah. So, you so, know, there was. Well, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, no. Go ahead. I somebody uh, about a week ago or so had placed a question on your say i guess they their mom was lived by herself and just bought mm -hmm. a place and she's had problems with you know them banging on the walls and he found a lot of structures out back and stuff like that mm -hmm. now 
I'm not going to give this a 100% guarantee, but I'm going to give this a recommendation. Is one thing I carry, and I found that really, really, really they don't like is strobe lights. I keep uh, tat two tactical lights at least with me at all times when I'm out in the woods at night. I've gotten a lot more comfortable moving around because the one thing I found is they don't like strobe lights. They hate them. They'll mm -hmm. actually, and I think if they're the infrasound, I think it actually could even cause them to lose their concentration when trying to pull an infrasound situation on you too. Mm -hmm. But I found that something in the neighborhood, I've got one that it runs up to about 1800 lumen strobe light. That's a real eye popper, but they don't like strobe lights. I found this out by accident well, a couple of years ago too. I haven't said anything to anybody because I've never really had a chance to prove it, but it might be something for somebody to keep in their toolbox is a mm -hmm. good tactical flashlight, good reliable one that has a good hard strobe, preferably over a thousand lumens, but as close as you can get to 2000, it, it'll drive people away, but it'll break your concentration if somebody blows that into your eyes. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it'd be helpful for like somebody who's living by themselves and have problems with them, if they're tapping on the windows or peeking in the windows, give them a little pop in the eyes, mm -hmm. you know, teach them a lesson. They might, it might just be enough to, to, to let them know it's an unpleasant experience. Kind of like getting sprayed by a skunk. It won't kill you. Mm -hmm but it'll be unpleasant enough where you won't want to do it again. For many years, we used to carry these yep. on our person. You you recognize this, Grizz? This Cal Light? <laughs> no, that was before my time. Oh, it was before yeah. your time. <laughs> <laughs> okay. right. Yeah, so, so my earlier days I did, we had we had stingers. Yeah, well, that's what I, that's what I carried, the stinger, and you have, yes. the, you have the strobe on it. Yes. And I had a... Uh, I carried along in my little knapsack, my goodie bag. I carried along a plastic. Um, it was a uh, orange plastic comb, and and what you did was you fit that over the stinger, the the miniature flashlight. And I love those flashlights. They're small. They're handheld, and yep. um, so when you're when you're out at night directing traffic or something, you've got your flare. You don't have to mess with flares. You got your light. And it's very, very powerful. <laughs> you throw it in the charger inside the unit, and uh, when you get out and use it, you got a you got a uh, a strobe flare. Old Bear Den just said something about that too. He said Bigfoot eyes work like ours; it messes up their night vision for minutes. Oh, I, I agree bet. With that. I agree with that because I think I accidentally popped them by accident about two years ago. Sorry to interrupt you, Val. You can finish. Yeah. No, uh, those lights are very powerful, and 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 uh, you know I didn't like to see anybody shine those lights in people's eyes. No, because because of the damage, yep, that it could cause, or the potential for damage that it could cause. But uh, yeah, you're right. You know, uh, you know, I just did a um, I just did a post on my group site um, about about some of the things that uh, people used for um, keeping Sasquatch away from their homes and their houses and stuff. And we all know that cameras are terrific, spotlights are good. But when I look, when I look at those uh, missing 411 books, um, what I notice and some of the patterns that I recognize in those books are that the more, unfortunately, the the most um, um, influential people, the people that have money, lots of money, 
have the most uh, volunteers and resources at their disposal to go out there and look for them. And it's those people that have the higher chances of being found and being found safe. Sometimes, a lot of times confused, stripped naked, scratched, but they're still alive. And, and it's the poor people or the people, the informed people that are suffering from whatever malady that they might have. Uh, and, and if they're poor and destitute types of people, like a homeless person, they have no chance. Those are the people that uh, seem to, to disappear or to fall victim of whatever. Yep. More often than not. And that's, you know, that, that kind of detail and that information is right there in those missing 411 books, but it's the activity, the police activity, the volunteers stomping the ground the horseback riders, the helicopters up above, the flashing lights, the loud radios. It seems to me that this all correlates with, with uh, an, indi an, an individual being found safe. And even if, even if one gnarly, um, nasty uh, Bigfoot happens to grab somebody, maybe that group, that clan, they don't, they don't, you know, they don't see eye to eye, you know, right. Hey, you're, you're causing a mess for us. You're causing all this pressure on us and it's going to force us to move out of this area. We don't necessarily want to leave, but you did this. Now we're going to take that child or we're going to take that man, that woman, we're going to put them over here close to where they can be found. Read if you if you read and study these these books and this information that's out there, you'll see that there's there's a correlation between money and somebody that doesn't have money. The person that doesn't have money, they don't know uh, Colonel uh, Sachs, you know, the local Air Force National Guard base that's willing to use those resources, or they don't know if if he's a banker. Uh, they don't have the same connections and right. people. Yep. But if you're important, um, it seems like the resources are always at the disposal. Whatever you want, baby, it's right here. You know, you want 100 people, 300 people? We'll get them out there stomping right now. But, you know, it's people. The more people you have, the better your chances are of finding somebody. It just seems like that. And people can say that Bigfoots don't do that kind of stuff. They do do that stuff, mm -hmm. but that doesn't sell money. I mean, that doesn't sell stories. What That's sells it. stories are these stories about, you know, Bigfoots uh, rubbing your back and you're rubbing their back. You're feeding them strawberries and, and everything is lovely. Um, I happen to be one that, does, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't go for that. You know, no, you know, if I don't give and I don't take. If you, yeah, if you're going to tell a story, tell the whole story. Yep. You know, I'm, you know, sorry that a lot of people don't want to hear that or it's a lot of people can't handle that, but it is what it is. You know, I don't know what these things are, um, but a lot of times it's, you know, put it this way. There's no angels that, that come in and peep in your house and scare you, you know, no. just like the one around at you. You saw the picture of that one that that where that sat in the garden right out here, right outside the window. In the last yeah. two places I check into at night, the office and the bedroom, and that's where it sat where I could watch that. And every it, it was such a key position because 
I sat in that spot and looked around and thought, there's no way you can even, you couldn't have sneaked, sneaked up on that. And they can see everything from that spot. It's literally sitting in my garden. None of the vegetables were touched. None of them was touched. It just sat in there watching. I don't know if it was a juvenile or somebody got curious about what was going on. Now, one thing I will say is that year I did have a woodchuck problem and I did have to nail a few and throw them out back. Uh, it's either that or bury them. And I also end up with a lot of surplus vegetables. Sometimes I have to take them out back. Uh, you know, so it's not like I'm gifting them. I do not gift. But if they leave anything for me, I will not take it. Now I'll move it around because they've left stuff for me before. I'll move it around, check it out, and always leave it there. I will not take anything from them. That way I don't owe them anything. You know, I don't know how they think, so I can't take any chances of what their version of debt and owed is and interest, you know. They probably have a favor system that they follow that's probably not the same as mine. So don't do me any favors. I won't do them any favors. We'll just can't we all just get along? Yeah, it goes along that 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 thought that you start gifting uh -huh. and they owe you. You own that. I mean, they own you. That bingo right there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You don't deal with them. If you don't play the game, you can't get mm -hmm. accused of cheating. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's the way it is. That's the way it is, too. Yeah, but it's it's, it's interesting. My, my sighting, my first sighting, the one I reported to you, you want me to tell you about it? Mm -hmm. It was literally a drive-by. I had actually gone back home because uh, for some family business. And I decided to get off the highway and take a route I hadn't taken in a long time, just because it was a nice route. There used to be an old buffalo farm down this route, things like that. I just wanted to get off the highway and take the back way on into town. I did. And as I turned the corner, this was not far off I-69, and it was close to the Rose Lake area. I actually was heading east down the road. I had just I actually was driving real slow, just kind of looking around, really enjoying the day. And I was looking to the right. And in the left, I saw something large, kind of brownish red. And I was thinking, because there used to be a buffalo farm down there, my mind automatically click, clicked in as a buffalo over there. You know, that's what I was seeing out of the corner of mine. And as I turned, just as I turned, I could not see its face. It just got parallel with me to where I could see its side good. And I could see when its arms swung out. I could see the color of its hair. I could see everything in the skin under the, uh, under the uh, hair and everything. And... It walked and then went into a stand of honeysuckle. As I start, I started to hit the brakes, and I was going to get out and take a look. And I thought ambush. First thing I thought, now headed down the road. I went about another 150 feet or so until I got into an area where it was completely open around me and it was safe. I bailed out, got into the back of the truck with my binoculars, and was looking. I couldn't see it anymore. But when it was going through the honeysuckle, it was like the earth was moving the honeysuckle. It was just <laughs> this whole hedge line just moved all the way down when I went through. And as I looked above, there was vultures circling in the distance. Whether it was heading towards that or not, on purpose, I don't know, but that's where it was heading. Mm. So at that point, I thought, I'm not going to pursue this. I really wasn't armed heavily enough to go go diving into the pucker brush and Mr. Bigfoot, you know, let's have at it. Nothing like that. And I didn't want to pursue it because I had to be somewhere. It was family business, you know, mm -hmm. very important mm -hmm. business. So I was like mm -hmm. kicking myself in the butt because I couldn't turn around and go back and take another look. I had to get to where I was going. I was like, man, I've only been to that spot once since then. Just kind of look around and make sure it looked like I remember it. And it did. Everything was still there. But it was, it blew my mind. It never turned around and looked at me. 
They just kept walking. They never waved. They never did anything. It just kept walking. It had a purpose. And it was huge. Now, it was probably a young one because it was only about six and a half feet tall. Uh, that much I remember because it's a raised rosebud. He was down in the ditch, and I could just about see level of the top of his head. Uh, it was as you went by. That's why I could really only see the uh, the upper body because of the depth of the grass, and I could see when the hand swung out away from it, and then it went into the honeysuckle. And uh, then I got back in my truck and took off, scratching my head. I told my sister about it when I got to her place, and I said, this is me. Matter of fact, this place is only a few miles back in 2007. Somebody took a, a picture in Bath Township of a cougar crossing the road. This was only a few miles from that same area, that very same area. Mm -hmm. It was just inside Shiawassee County, but just over the line into Bath Township. So, um, and if anybody knows the Rose Lake area, that's, uh, it was on the south side of the Rose Lake area. So mm -hmm. it'll probably kind of key them into where it was, but that's it. That's all it was. It was brief. But I thought, mm -hmm. I couldn't believe I saw it. Yeah. I a lot of those encounters involving motorists and stuff are very, very brief. I mean, that split second. I mean, it, you just happen to be looking in that direction at that same time. Mm -hmm. And uh, you see it fleetingly, you know, across your your bow. But a lot of times, a lot of times uh, when you pass something like that, you know, you have to you have to think about it, rationalize it. And then you think to yourself, what was that? Oh, no, that couldn't have been. And then um, and then you either go back or you go on about your business. And you, the more you think about it, the more you ruminate on it, uh, the more it makes sense to you. You know what you've seen. It was obvious. Mm -hmm. You know, you can twist it and turn it. You can call it anything you want. But a Titanic is a Titanic. Yep. You know. You can yeah, rearrange the chairs. I went back yeah. to that spot over a year later. I, I got out, you know, pulled the truck over, got out of the truck, looked down in the ditch, stood in it, and I thought, man, this thing was big. You mm -hmm. know, because literally out of the my peripheral vision, I thought it was a bison. You know, that's how beefy it was. You mm -hmm. know, I thought it was a uh, bison until I turned around and realized what I exactly what I was looking at. You know, so that's what it was. And I, I wanted to get back to that area just to stop and look at the area, just so you can get clear in your own mind the layout of everything, the height of things, mm -hmm. you know, exactly what happened, when it happened. I remember that day well because driving home, I ran into, there was a heck of a storm that day, about uh, three hours after that sighting. Uh, there was a storm. It was, it was one of those windy thunderstorms that could almost be a tornado, and it was enough to drive branches up onto I-69 highway, you know. Mm -hmm. Well, in the open areas, you know, where the trees aren't up close to the road. So it was a pretty strong storm. I don't know if that animal was on the move, trying to get to good, good place to, to hang out, knowing the storm was coming or not. Uh, or if it was heading to where the vultures were or mm -hmm. both or what it was doing. I don't know. You know, mm -hmm. it had some place to be and I had some place to be. Mm -hmm. What month of the year was that? This was in June, June 10th. Okay. Yep. June 10th. It happened absolutely a high noon seriously high noon because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. after it was all over with i did like i always did check my watch just like any kind of incident first thing you do is check the time what time did this happen you know that's from years of doing reports you know you, you, you always check the time uh, yes yeah. yeah i tend to do that myself 
July, yep. July of all months of the year, July is the most active. Yep. Month this of the is year. June tenth. It was the day before my birthday, as a matter of fact. Ho ho mm -hmm. ho. Mm -hmm. Yep. And then um, August, there's a lot. Uh, I would say, I would say between um, October, and November, yep. those are peak times there. Yeah. That's that's when hunters have their encounters, conflict, you know, uh, stealing uh, deer, stealing elk. That's when uh, that's when the potential is greatest for uh, confrontation around hunting season, around those times of the year. Yep. What so I get, I get, I get a heavy activity here in the spring. Mm -hmm. And I think it has to do with the former fish run, the little town down the road here decided mm -hmm. to mess with the river. And they're getting ready to, matter of fact, the company's getting ready to clean that up and get that. So the steel had to start running back up here again. They were pretty upset about mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. um, because I was pretty upset about it. I like to fish, you know, mm -hmm. and I've got a lot of river frontage and the, the little town down here decided to mess with the river without any permits or anything. And they got hauled to court for it. You know, so it's going to cost them a lot of money to have it put back into place. So the uh, migration, are we get brown trout up here? We get steelheads. I've even mm -hmm. had cohos up here in December into this little river right behind the house. Mm -hmm. yep. And I mean, big fish, something that would definitely make a good meal. You know, um, I'd have to go out there and fight with somebody or something over trout you know, mm -hmm. over, over salmon. Yep. Um, salmon is very, very good eating. It's very good for you. Yep. Years, <clears throat> years ago, I was involved in a head on car collision, very serious mm -hmm. car accident. And, um, while I was sitting up in the hospital with another police officer in, in the bed next to me, um, that's all I ate breakfast, lunch, snack, supper, snack um with salmon a hundred percent protein and um you know i believe i believe in that that's you know if i could have that every every meal of the day i would i would be eating that but yeah i like salmon you know, it's it's good like for you salmon. it's very very good for you yeah um you know some of the things some of the things that i've i've um noticed about bigfoot sasquatches and stuff that um that's been mentioned in the, in the uh, information that I researched and that I look at is that they collect um, um, weeds and plants for medicinal purposes. That's what a lot of people believe. Yeah. So they, could. they have, they have remedies. They know which plants are good for which, which uh, whatever the malady is, whatever the illness is that they, that they uh, suffer. I'm sorry to be rude, Val. I've got, I'll be right back, gentlemen. I've got to okay. uh, go do something right now. Okay. Okay. So, good. so, um, Grizz, you still there? Yeah, I'm here. Oh, okay. I'm clicking yeah. on people's comments. Yeah. So, uh, you know, there's a lot of different plants and stuff, herbs and stuff that, that these things collect for, um, health purposes and uh it's beyond me that nobody has has written a book yet on some of these these remedies if they can be used and helpful to people you know i don't know why 
somebody hasn't taken the time, not me, I don't have the time for that, but uh, somebody should, should research that, write a book on it. And if that can help us people, good for us, good for you, good for me. Nah, you're hurting the pharmaceuticals. Well, you know, you know, you know, I'm not going to say anything. I'll keep my comments to myself here. I'll keep my comment to myself. So. Looks like old bear has got some issues with an alpha down there at his house. He needs some help with it looks like. So he's, he's got the call out. Yeah. He's, he said, come on down the Grizz and Val. If you want to do some, uh, helping with some alpha male. What do you think Grizz? I think the men in black would show up if I show up. I'd leave the state line and they'd, they'd be right behind me. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah. Yeah. There he so, is. There he is. I am back. So, yeah. Um, what I was what I was saying earlier is is there's a lot of information, a lot of reports where um bigfoot sasquatches are collecting roots and herbs and all kinds of things uh allegedly for medicinal purposes um, my thought is why hasn't anybody written a book you know actually researches taking the time to sit down gather this information collate it and um and 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 you know, see if this, this, these herbs and roots and stuff are good for people, you know, yeah. in substitution of pharmaceuticals, you know what I'm, what I'm saying. It would, yeah, be, uh, it, like, it, it would, it would be a good thing. I yeah, think. you're right. That's, that, that's another, that's what I think about structures too. Cause mm -hmm. their structures have some kind of meaning and uh, some are for practical purposes, you know, like the first structure I found was absolutely a shelter structure. I think it was built for a young one. Mm -hmm. Stuff the kid in there, stay put, I'm going fishing kind of thing because it was right at the edge of the river, right at a heavy duty deer crossing. It was a great ambush point. Matter of fact, I was down at that deer crossing today and there was some unusual uh, stuff down there. Nothing I can say who did it, but it it just didn't look quite right. And, uh, but some of the structures are symbols, symbols of meanings. A lot of people want to get into some kind of heavy depth. They might have some kind of cryptic ancient meanings. I don't know. They might be a very basic meaning, like the X, like the, the logs thrown down in front of something. Like the one you posted on your site, Val, it was one of a very large log pushed down, a tree pushed down, but going down the road at an angle. That mm -hmm. is a perfect ambush point. That mm -hmm. That's a useful one mm -hmm. there. I don't think that was meant to stop anybody. I think that was meant to steer game mm -hmm. off into the left or off into a different uh, specific direction where their hunting partner is waiting for them. I think mm -hmm. they do that kind of stuff all the time. I think they, they do that. I was on the phone with you that one of the first times I ever talked to you on the phone and I was wandering around out back. You called me and I found a dead deer back there. Well, I kind of backed out because I was on the phone. I was distracted, so I figured I'd better get out of there. I told, I went back there later. There's three dead deer in a 50-foot circle. None of them had their heads. You tell me who did that. 
That wasn't mm -hmm. poachers either. There was no sign mm -hmm. of people or anything back there. It was it was very suspicious. And when I found all three of them and realized their heads were missing, I figured I'm just gonna clear out. I was gonna take a good deeper look at the bones, mm -hmm. but I thought, no, there might be a fourth head missing if I stick around here too long. So I just eased out. I don't like going into kill zones, it's just a dangerous mm -hmm. thing to do. Mm -hmm. You know, if I smell something dead, I don't go rushing into it. If I hear them back there, I don't go rushing into it. I can mm -hmm. outweigh them. I'm going to be mm -hmm. here for a long time, mm -hmm. you know, so I can wait. I can wait a couple of days. If I know the weather is going to be good, then I'll go back and look for traps. I'd rather be looking for stuff when they're not around because it just makes it more relaxed and easier to look mm -hmm. rather than try to get in there while they're there. Why do that? Why am I going to go in there and cheese them off? You know, make an enemy. It's like, mm -hmm. I don't need to go back there. So I don't. You know, I got plenty of stuff to do around here. If I can't go back one day and look at stuff, I'll wait the next day or wait the next day. If it rains mm -hmm. so often, I miss out. I'm not a researcher. Mm -hmm. Everything I do is for awareness and self-defense. Mm -hmm. It is about self-preservation. So I'm not a researcher. I don't uh, take formal notes and stuff. I'll report a sighting uh, and I tell Vail about incidences and stuff, but I'm not a formal researcher and I don't care to. That's mm -hmm. not what got me interested in it. What got me interested in it is every animal I've ever run across, I study it until I know what it's potentially going to do in almost any situation. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just like when I went out to Yellowstone, they talk about the bears and how unpredictable they are. I found the tourists were a lot more unpredictable than the bears. The bears behaved. They knew how to be bears. Some of the people just did not know how to be people, though. They mm -hmm. really did. Mm -hmm. So animals, tracking, all that very basic stuff has always been interesting to me. And I try to practice everything I can at any, any time I can. I go outside. It's right out my back door. Everything is out my back door. What I like to do is out my back door. I don't travel around too much. Don't need to. Everything that I want to uh, is right outside. Hunting, all my fishing, everything. So it's, ni it's nice to have, but yet you're, you get a little more defensive over it because, you know, it's like, I'm not going to move. Just because I got some big hairy beast running around back there. If that big hairy beast can mind his manners, then I can mind my manners. We can all get along. But there are limits here. That's mm -hmm. what made the scoreboard uh, situation. I accidentally nailed him by, it was by accident. I cleared out this whole little river valley one night. I was testing out a light and I accidentally hit the strobe feature. And when it went off, it was like lightning. It lit up everything. All I could hear was crashing through the woods in every direction. Everything took off out of there. It's like, oh, this is a handy tool. This just might, because I was trained to use those when we do various things for the department. You mm -hmm. know, you might use it as a, a distractionary, uh, as an instrument mm -hmm. to distract with, things like that, which mm -hmm. is pretty normal for that. But what I found out too is if when you eliminate somebody's sight, the first thing that it gets instilled is if you can't see, fear, because mm -hmm. you can't see. Mm -hmm. And then I thought about this whole thing with the infrasound. All right, if I'm singing at a concert, I'm blowing out some cool infrasound to put somebody to sleep or mess with their head or whatever. If I start getting busted with 1,800 lumens in the eyeballs with a light, that's probably going to stop the show. Mm -hmm. Think about it. So mm -hmm. it may be a good potential defensive weapon if you're getting harassed or if mm -hmm. you're trying to get out of the woods safe and it's getting dark. It's mm -hmm. not going to do you much good during the daytime unless you can really focus it and, uh, with more power, but that's impractical. Um but no, I really think it's something for people to think about if they 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 must be outside after dark 
I would just highly recommend it. Not just to have a good flashlight, but have that strobe ability. Mm -hmm. So that's that strobe that you're talking about, that was from a Stinger flashlight? It was uh it was just from basic one of these basic tactical lights. I carry two of them with me at all time. I usually if I'm out moving around at night, I usually have about three of them with me. Not tactical lights. I'll have one regular flashlight. I like having the old school mag light with me. Yeah. It's very easy to mess with. If yeah, I've got one that mag light is gonna probably work. Is that but the expand is that the expandable tactical light? No. Does that expand? Does that light expand? No, no it does not. No, it doesn't. It's where it is. It's uh it's very short, yeah. That's not even the strong one. I've got one that's even stronger than that. Well, this one's a beast. See if I can get the strobe now. If I need it, I'm I'm gonna get killed. Yeah, I've got the two stingers and I've got the commercial uh flashlights like yeah. that, the short ones and stuff. That's Very handy. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Give me a headache. I can't I can't even look at it. Yeah. Give, that would give me a headache. Yeah. So that's what I keep along with other things too. Your basic defense communication, whatever you need in the mm -hmm. field. But I found that keeping these strobe lights is probably a good idea. You know, if you if you have another tool in the toolbox and use it effectively, mm -hmm. you're always stepping up the ladder. You know, mm -hmm. you're always stepping up the ladder of 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 defense. You know, basically, you don't want to be an easy target. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't like being an easy target or even looking like an easy target. I want to look thorny. Mm -hmm. And I do. When I go out mm -hmm. in the field, I'm thorny. Do I carry a weapon all the time? Mm -hmm. And when I get to a certain point out there, they know I'm armed. Got one on my side, and I usually raise that one up over my head. If I've got mm -hmm. that long arm with me, I raise it over my head and stand in one spot for a few seconds. Let everything see me back there. I'm not hiding from anybody. I'm trying to get back somewhere probably to do something with a tree or something. Mm -hmm. So I do that. I present myself. I'm not hiding mm -hmm. anything from them. They just stay out of my way. I got things to do. Mm -hmm. Like a man on a mission. Yeah, man on a mission. I'm always on a mission. That's part of staying staying healthy and keeping the mind healthy is always doing stuff. But I really mm -hmm. enjoy horticulture products, growing this, mm -hmm. growing that. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, we grew a lot of vegetables. It was a, This year was really exceptionally tough. Mm -hmm. Um. And I spent so much time watering, and it was really a lot of manual labor, you know. It's just day after day after day. But mm -hmm. then the rains came, and things finally shaped up. Mm -hmm. Crops are coming in and good. But this was an unusual year, too. Uh, coyotes. haven't hardly had, had any coyote activity around here this year. Usually, right now, mm -hmm. they're starting to get a little noisy at night, you know. Uh, but not this year. For some reason, they're just not right around and within earshot like they usually are. Mm -hmm. It's just uh, the, the increase in hummingbirds, you know, small animals. When the, Those days when they have the smoke warnings, I noticed even the hummingbirds laid back. The bigger animals didn't seem to have a problem. Uh, but the hummingbirds had a real problem on those days when they would have those, uh, the, you know, the uh, haze alerts or smoke alerts from the Canadian wildfires. You mm -hmm. know, so it, it did change things. There's a lot of th stuff's going to be changed. You got that bit, huge chemical spill down there in Ohio, and I feel so bad. Those people must be going through just hell down there with that. Mm -hmm. And can you imagine what it's done to the environment in the surrounding area and downstream from that mm -hmm. in the flow area? 
What, what, did, what, uh, what spill in Ohio are you talking about? That big one, the uh, Palestine, was, Ohio. That uh, I can't the remember. That, the yeah, the one they still haven't cleaned up yet. Yes, well, they haven't cleaned it I up. They were trying the, to tell everybody everything was fine, yet I, you could see the water, see it in the water. I yeah, thought that so, was in Pennsylvania. No, was, that was in that? Ohio. That was Ohio. Oh. Oh. Yeah, they, they told us that they told us in, in, in Louisville, don't worry about it. When it comes to Louisville, it'll, it'll be diluted. Oh, sure. When the what? Uh, when the government says don't worry about something, that's exactly the time to start worrying about it. Last yeah. last, I, last I heard, they were putting that in deep wells in, in Detroit over there by the Metro Airport. Like, we need that over here. Yeah. You know, yeah. In the ground. But I tell you what, it's these situations that take me to Randy Couture's story and the mm -hmm. whole PCB stuff or PCP mm -hmm. back in the 80s. You know, all that, all the cattle herds that had to be wiped out, killed and buried and stuff. And that incident in the barn and the, that, all that. Is that going to create another incident? Like, is that going to create another Randy Couture? You know, another situation you know, where a, a chemical catastrophe you know, make so many animals so sick. Will there be mutations from this stuff? You know, what's really going to happen? I know it's a big cancer causer for humans, but what's it going to do to other animals? Mm -hmm. But how would I, how would I blaze Java? But India can go to the moon. What's up with that? <laughs> Don't even get me started on that. I had a meltdown when I saw that on the news. What's that? Which one? When India went to the moon. They went to the moon? Yes, India. When they you know, that? Curry. They yeah. did that Wednesday. They landed on the South Pole of the moon. India. Wow, yeah. Yes. Well, look at that. And they're delivering packages on donkeys. They need water. <laughs> they need food. We gave them over $4 billion this year alone. And they, and they went to the damn moon. Did you realize that, Val? No, not at all. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm upset about that, ladies and gentlemen. I'm just in my bubble over here, you know. Yeah, yeah. bubble. Well, Shelf I just popped your bubble. Why is a third world country <laughs> going to the moon? You know, I know. I know this is the wrong show, but anyways, ladies and gentlemen. I got that off my chest. I'm not very happy about that. Can you tell? <laughs> well, you're, you're, you know, when, when the food on my plate gets smaller and smaller, the portions get smaller and smaller because somebody in another part of the world uh, wants or needs something. I mean, I don't have any problem uh, helping people. I, I don't. But it's my know, money does not want to send no, a third world no. country to the moon. No, and so when I when I get those feelings of fingers in my back wallet, my back pocket, <laughs> that's what it feels like. You know, people got yeah. their hands in your all over your There's pocket. Been a lot of that going on these days. You know, um, and I don't like that. I don't like fingers on me and stuff. But exactly right, guys. That's that's. Yeah, this is the wrong show for that, but that's you know you somebody brought it up, so that's exactly what it feels like. Yeah, there's plenty of stuff out there to be mad at. 
Mm-hmm. And some days you just got to laugh because if you didn't, you'd be crying all day. That's true. You know. Mm-hmm. Well, Gene says, well, Val, when you're eating your macaroni and cheese, don't send your steak to your neighbors. <laughs> no. Well, I'll tell you what, Gene, I love, <laughs> I, I love macaroni and peas. So do I. <laughs> macaroni and peas, bro. Yeah. I love it. You know what? And the thing of it is, um, I don't eat a lot of steak. I don't eat a lot of steak. You know, no, I don't something, tell, something tells me that a lot of meat isn't good for you. You know, whatever it is in the meat, it's not good for me. No, you and know? I think, too, it has an effect when you get older. Because after I retired, I found mm-hmm. that I, I, I desired to eat meat less. So I, I really don't. You know, I, I still eat meat and stuff. I like a good hamburger and hot dog down again. But I really don't tear into it like I did when I was working. And I found I feel pretty good. I don't drink pop either, and I don't drink alcohol. Um, There's certain things I cut out of my diet. I just never included them in into my diet. Um, the one thing it is is the the the, the less active you get, the, the more you really got to watch your diet and be careful mm-hmm. about things. Yeah, we're gonna go on to Sasquatch diets. Well, we're gonna go All on. Right. Well, I know his <laughs> diet. <laughs> <clears throat> and, and we're gonna go to the moon with with foreign aid. So why not? Why yeah. not? Yeah. What, you what should if, so you should saw Val's face when I said that. He was like in disbelief. Look, I at heard they're getting all hepped up for a moon or a moonshot, but I really they didn't know. Did they did it. Yes, yeah. they did it. Hmm. Yep. And you know, guys, I love. I'm gonna tell you something. Personally, I love flowers. Flowers, colorful flowers. This flowers got to do with the damn moon landing. It takes my mind <laughs> off of moon landings and wars over here and wars over there and hate here and hate Ladies there. and gentlemen, you know, Val loves flowers. I love All flowers. Right. I love them. I call them expressions of the earth. You know, like music, like like sound. Um, and that's something I I impart on my grandson. You know, what is that, Poppy? that is expression that beautiful color that you see in your eyes that's expression yeah the wind chimes are the music that's the expression just love everybody love everything smile and and you know if you can get a smile out of your neighbor that's what you need to do you know comfort people with 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 kindness Try to be as good as as you can be in these times. You know, yeah, it's miserable. Yeah, it's not fun. <coughs> it's it's a lesson. We're all here for a short time. These are experiences and stuff that we have to endure. This is part of life. This is part of the world. This is part of the time that we're living right now. <coughs> it's gotten weirder over the years. It has gotten very strange over the years. You know, there was a there's a picture that I posted once on my group site. It it looks like a Bigfoot with a lizard head walking through the woods. And I remember posting somebody was talking about missing people, missing 411. And I says, Well, you know, I don't I don't, in my heart of hearts, believe that Bigfoots are responsible for all the missing people. People, Seriously. Are they responsible for some? Yes. I do believe this. Um, 
there's a lot of other reasons why people go missing. And it's not just all Bigfoots. There's a lot of stuff out there. <clears throat> One of the things, and I'll, I'll probably repost this again sometime soon with that picture. Um, one of the things that I posted in there that uh, one of the causes of missing people are otherworldly beings. You hear that? Mm -hmm. Otherworldly beings. I do believe this. Um, I was reading a piece by Ronald Brisson uh, last week. He mentioned Bigfoots and black lizards. I think I mentioned this before on the podcast, Grizz. Uh, a report in the northern part of the U.S., close to the Canadian border of reports of Bigfoots uh, reportedly were seen uh, in company of black lizard, either with them, walking with them, or following them, or, st or stalking them, one of the two. And then I, when I read this uh, again in that Ronald Brisson piece, uh, I remembered that photo that I have that I may post again just to make the point, you know, missing persons. It's not all just Bigfoot. There's different stuff out there, my friends. We'd be naive to think that there wasn't. But um, it kind of, to me, it was kind of uh, self-redeeming to see somebody else that was an author that wrote this uh, acknowledge the same thing. So it wasn't just me that, that, uh, came on here on this rolling the bones podcast and said that it's an author that, that also said the same thing, mentioned it. I don't think that he, he, um, went into detail about, about that, but he acknowledged, yeah, yeah, that's true. That's, you know, somebody reported this and then, and then I see this lizard uh head on a on a bigfoot on a bigfoot body it, it appeared you know i could post that and somebody could say you know that's cgi somebody you know cgi this and ai that and all this other kind of horse garbage um so what i've resolved myself to do is just continue doing what i'm doing just um um sharing what I, what I, what I see, what I find with people, let people make their mind up, you know, um, you know, a lot of it, a lot of times it's hard to, to wrap your head around. It's, it's hard to, to grasp, as I say, often, you know, this stuff isn't easy to grasp a lot of times. No, but, it's not. Um, if you live in a fishbowl, if you, if you, you know, live in a little fishbowl and, and, uh, you say there's nothing there, that's, that's okay too. That's you. But, uh, what I really, really have an issue with are these people that get paid, uh, buku dollars to go out and speak, uh, and they're and they're enticed with grapes and strawberries and back rubs and all this other whatever they want whatever potato big bowl of potato chips whatever they want uh, and tell people stories you know wonderful fantastical stories about how wonderful and, and 
beautiful these things are. And it's not the case all the time. It is not. It is not. And, and you know, I'm just one person with a voice that um, shares things that, that have been reported over and over again, all over the all over the North America area that points otherwise. And, and it, a lot of times it's very, very frustrating because people, you know, largely people are, um, are cemented in this idea. I don't know where they get these ideas, but for instance, I just posted something today about, about Bigfoot's just want to be left alone. Just want to be left alone. And yet there's a That's great so. big, yeah, just a great big old handprint on somebody's window. You know, yep. they want to be left alone, so they're outside your house checking your windows. Make sure it's all scare. You know, it doesn't make sense. None of this stuff makes sense. I don't know. The more, the longer I'm in this, I guess the more cynical I'm, I'm becoming when, I, when I'm looking at the stuff and I read some of the stuff that people say, it really is. It makes me cynical. It doesn't make any sense. You know, people... Um, um, go out there and parrot some narrative that, uh, for instance, um, there's never been, never been a uh, instance of a Bigfoot killing a person or injuring a per person oh, ever, yeah. ever, ever. I mean, people believe this. Why? Because people, you know, that we see on television, they go out there and, and they say this stuff over and over again. And for some people, whatever they see on television is truth. To them, they don't want to hear anything else. Somebody They heard it on television. It's true. Um, I don't know. Um, it, it tends to make me cynical. Very, very cynical. You know, about this whole thing. The more, the deeper you get into this, the more you know, the more you learn, um, uh, the more jaundice you become, you know, and, and that's where I'm at, you know, very, very jaundice, you know, uh, I, I wouldn't say that I'm jaded. Uh, I understand that, you know, a lot of people don't have the time, probably the inclination or the, or the, um, need to, to, uh, get thoroughly deep into research and stuff like that. But if they did, they'd see that they'd see how obvious, you know, some of the parroting the, you know, the, the, the stories, the fallacies that go on about, about this topic here, how foolish and, and um, laughable it really is. And I'm not saying, I'm not saying that, that, I'm not saying that Bigfoot doesn't exist. Obviously, they do. Um, I'm saying that that a lot of people um, have this idea have have this idea that they're they're wonderful pets. You know, they're 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 wonderful things. Here's another thing you mentioned, Walt. You mentioned earlier in this show about infrasound. Yeah, I haven't talked about that. Uh, nobody's discussed it. You mentioned it, but I want to say this again. This is another wish for for listeners out there. 
I would challenge listeners out there. And again, I'm, I, I'm a student of patterns, looking for patterns when I analyze these reports and stuff. I would, I would like somebody to study and research Bigfoot researchers that, that, um, and I'm talking about people that are actually out there that later succumb of brain aneurysms. Yeah. The connection. Yeah. I'm, I've always wondered about that because you brought that up or somebody brought it up on, on, uh, your site, uh, within the last week about that, if there was any connection mm -hmm. with that. And I mm -hmm. wonder too, that's what I say. <clears throat> Even the government, everything I've read now, there's a lot of people, well, you know, they don't do infrasound. They can't, you know, they're trying to smoke screen and believe in what they think. Well, even the government, everything I've read, actual government research and stuff, they even they don't know what the extent of contact with infrasound or long range extent. Look at what happened down there at the Cuban embassy uh, years ago. There's people that still have health problems from that, and they believe it was some kind of infrasound emitter that was placed in the building somehow. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I don't have all the details on that, but what I've read about infrasound. Is there still seems to be a lot of unknown about infrasound and the effects and the long-term effects. Uh, you know, as long as we're discussing the hazards of, of Bigfoot researching, <clears throat> one of my one of my concerns, and I'm telling you this face to face, one of my concerns now is what Defoilant chemical has been sprayed in areas that I that I've tromped through. Yep. And and you know you get it on your clothes, you get it on your skin, you get it in your feet, in the soil from the soil, and you come home with yep. that. You know these are all concerns that I think about. I think about these things. I internalize that stuff, and. Um, Again, these are things that people don't don't discuss. They don't talk about. Um, but it would be interesting to see somebody like me come along and and push this this ball a little further down the road and and do this extraordinary research into these different areas and stuff. Um, I don't know that's that's the way i see these things so give you something to think about mull over and think about uh -huh. grizz you look speechless up there <laughs> i'm know. still stuck on the moon yeah <laughs> i can't imagine that you, you know i I'm, saw the moon landing i saw it i watched it they got praised for it india's like no nah, i'm not going there was that CGI? Was it AI? Was it was it um, stage no, production? I mean, no, it, it, it made the national news, ladies and gentlemen. And what did I say about the television? You know, I don't believe. You know, here's the hard thing with me. I I I don't even. You know, if if I don't watch a movie on television, um, I'm not listening to the news. I've, I've completely, totally blocked that out. Just, I just avoid that stuff. Just avoid it. 
my information comes from right here. You know, the yep. internet. That's like, what I, remember, what I no. well, get your fingers, do the walking. <laughs> they said that Hollywood was going on strike. Who cares? Mm -hmm. I really didn't care. It's like they go on a strike. I divorced seven years ago. They haven't done mm -hmm. anybody any good. Mm -hmm. You know, um, mm -hmm. you know, Hollywood is not what it used to be. It used to be some patriotic people that actually were actors. And mm -hmm. nowadays it's like, I don't know. It makes well, me see some of the stuff coming out of Hollywood. Yeah. And you so know. basically I don't watch stuff. I don't watch any new movies. I like the old movies, you know? But then again, the music I like is all found on the discount rack these days. So, <laughs> well, you you probably grew grew up with the same kind of music I did. Oh yeah. When, when yeah. I was when I was uh, terrorizing the place, you know. Yep. <laughs> uh, I used to play I used to play garage bands when I was very young. Did you? Yeah, I played drums and um, um, never went any further than that. But uh, I did listen to a lot of music. I like music. I like the arts. Yep. That's one part of my brain that works very, very well. You know, the, the, the part of expression, you've got several hemispheres in your brain. Mm -hmm. One is expression, speech, and blah, blah, blah. And um, um, I do like arts. I like arts. I like sculptures i like expressions i like colors things like that 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 um stimulates me and it, it inspires me many many ways you know i tried to get in the band playing drums when i was a kid <coughs> i had all the rhythm of a train wreck so it didn't work out for me <laughs> i was kindly asked to get out <laughs> that's very cool very very yeah. cool I enjoy music and stuff, but mm -hmm. you know, I like a lot of the older stuff. I guess it's hard, you know, you're getting older, you don't understand some of the new stuff coming out, and some of the new stuff you don't want to understand. Yeah, it's pretty much explains itself like India going to the moon. Yeah, <laughs> who can explain that? Like you said, aren't they on welfare? And yet, they I'm not, even, I'm not gonna even touch that subject anymore. <laughs> so, but yeah. I, you know, I, I just think that there's a lot of, there's a lot of ways and a lot of reasons why, why our money should stay here in this country. There's a lot of people out there that are in need of help. Yep. I'm seriously speaking from the heart when I say this, there's a lot of people out there, homeless people and stuff that, I mean, we could care for a lot of people. You know, instead of instead of shipping our, our money out in, in plane loads to other places that don't need to be there, we don't need our noses in everybody else's business around this world. You know. That's, well, that's, if, that's if, if the USA G-Man says we don't have the technology to get there, I don't know, ladies and gentlemen. But it's been yeah. a heck of a show. I know that. Yeah, I like it. So again, if anybody wants to uh, come on here and be interviewed, I'd be be happy to chit chat with people. If you have anybody that you'd like me to interview, uh, send that information along. Send it in a in a personal message, either to yeah, right on myself, and um, because quite frankly, you know, 
uh, I got my hands on a lot of a lot of different things, a lot of different directions, and and uh, a lot of this is becoming overwhelming to me, and I don't have all the time that I really need to devote it towards uh, everything that I'm involved with. So, give me a hand, and and if you want to come on and chit chat, share your experience and encounter, I'd love to talk to you. And other than that, Grizz, it's been great, Walt. I I love you, bro. <laughs> I love it's been great, right, Walt. Yeah, have a good day, thank ladies and gentlemen. Thank you, Greg. Take care. Bye, bye, guys. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. You guys take care.